0: Not sure what to make for dinner? Need some inspiration? Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, join Gabriel and his food hero guests on The Dinner Special. And now, here's your host, Gabriel So. Welcome to The Dinner Special. I am Gabriel So, and I am so happy to have Fi Tran from Princess Tofu here with me today. Princess Tofu is a phenomenal source of inspiration if you're looking for comforting food with an Asian and Parisian flair that just so happens to be vegetarian. Her photography throughout the blog is warm and her words are inviting. Thank you so much for joining me today, Fee.
1: Hi, Gabrielle. How are you?
0: I'm awesome. Well, your blog, Princess Tofu, can you tell me about what drew you to write about and photograph food?
1: Sure. I've always been a passionate eater and I'm always, always hungry, of course. So I think it was a nice way to sort of work on my writing skills, but also, have this creative outlet that I have full control over.
0: Right. With everything that you do on your blog, from cooking to writing and photography, which would you say comes most naturally to you?
1: I think the cooking comes most naturally. I spend a lot of hours thinking about food and I go to the market really often. So more often than not, I'm making lists of things that I want to try and make or cook or experiment with, but I don't necessarily have the time to do all of them. Right. When I do have time, it takes a lot longer just to think about the visual presentation of the concept because you can't eat the pictures online, you know.
0: So would you say that your inspiration for what you make comes from your trips to the market or would you say that you typically have something in mind before you head out to the market?
1: I think it's a bunch of crazy mixture of everything I come in contact with. I do go to the market really often. I think that's like a nice point to start, but I think it's a limiting point and it's not necessarily always the creative juncture that you think of in terms of like what's the seed for creativity. So I think naturally, like you go to the market, you may see something that inspires you to make a dish, but at the same time, it's not like you have everything at your disposal. Right. So I like the limits that the market places. Up on my recipes, but I get a lot of inspiration from cookbooks of restaurants that I think do a really good job of experimenting with flavors and textures and ingredients. And from there, I work around my skills and also the types of ingredients I have available at hand because, you know, they have sources that i don't have obviously
0: of course of course and do you find that the limitations that sort of provide you with a guideline of what you can do
1: yeah i think it's always good to have limitations when you're exposing yourself to anything creative because it places you into a corner and it's a nice corner you know right it's a unique way of looking at the world I have certain limitations, other people have certain limitations, and they're very different. And that's why we make very different things to eat and look at.
0: For sure. And that's the thing too, right? I mean, sometimes I'll be watching these cooking programs on television, and these chefs will try to really impress people and put like tons and tons of really expensive and luxurious items on a single plate. And it just doesn't really work out. Because even though these ingredients are you know, incredibly awesome by themselves, together they may not work together.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think it's not very realistic (laughs) sometimes. That's why I usually start my week on Sundays, trips to the market, and then my evenings just reading cookbooks. And that marriage of those two sort of things generate the rest of the things that I'm working on.
0: Awesome. Where did you find your love of food? Did it come from a certain person or was it inspired as you were growing up?
1: Well, I think a lot of people like to eat. So <laughs> I don't find that to be very unique. But I definitely got a lot more interest after graduating undergrad. I've been cooking since high school. Well, actually, even before high school. But in high school, I actually started watching a lot of the Food Network and realizing that you can do a lot more to dinner than just Hamburger Helper. Right. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not terrible, though, Hamburger Helper. But I mean, there's more to cooking, I guess.
1: There's a lot more <laughs> that you can sort of put onto your stove and feed yourself. So, you know, I took it up on myself to make Thanksgiving turkey one year. Oh, wow. As a high schooler. And that was fascinating. So you learn a lot.
0: That's very bold as a high schooler yeah. to take on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I did the salting method. And I still think that salting is better than liquid brining, I guess. It's really popular now. Mm-hmm. So I did that, but I didn't really know what I was doing. So I didn't cover my hands. And I was rubbing this herb and butter salt mixture under the skin of the turkey. And it just burned viciously. (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) But the turkey came out spectacular. And my hands recovered eventually. But ever since then, I was like, I could probably just cook a lot more interesting things if I did the right research and just put enough effort into it. But then school started. I really didn't have the time or energy to spend hours and hours in the kitchen making dinner. Right. So afterwards, when I started my vegetarian diet, it gave me the impetus to do a lot of research into different types of ingredients and how you can sort of cook them for an alternative diet.
0: You mentioned that you've been a vegetarian for, I think it was about six years.
1: Yeah, I started, let's see, I graduated in 2007 in the spring. And that was when I started. I stopped counting after a while. I was like, yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But I mean, you've been cooking since high school, right? Yeah. And people have been trusting you with sort of their meals since high school, I guess, right? (laughs) More or less. Did you have to relearn a lot of what you were preparing and cooking when you became a vegetarian?
1: I don't think it was necessarily relearning um, skills because I think a lot of The concepts in cooking, if you break it down to the basics, are applicable to all sorts of palates. Yes. So I don't think of it as like a technique dilemma, but it did introduce me to a lot of different types of ingredients that I never would have learned about. So cooking with whole grains and also like diving into cuisines in a way that I wouldn't normally do. And also refocusing the plate so that you don't focus on having a meat as the centerpiece. Right. So in that sense, I'm really fascinated by pastas and then I definitely got into Japanese cooking a lot more once I moved to California. So those things are very vegetarian friendly, but you don't necessarily think to look at that until you have to cook for yourself.
0: Was your process into becoming a vegetarian more of a gradual transition or was it something that was immediate or rather quick?
1: basically it was overnight oh wow yeah i just have always wanted to but i didn't really think i could do it while i was in school and in high school and middle school i had wanted to but it would have been even more difficult at home and you know i grew up in in like an asian southern household so that would have been a little bit weird (laughs) since i was cooking for everybody and they were not gonna do the vegetarian diet right <laughs> and animal welfare has been something that's been on my mind for a really long time so it was a nice time and place for me to start so i did
0: well i was just gonna say i mean if you were doing the cooking i mean they would really have no choice but to uh <laughs> but to sort of subscribe to vegetarianism as well
1: i was doing the cooking but i didn't necessarily do the menu planning so <laughs>
0: oh okay okay i get it i get it now great well here at the dinner special we talk with food heroes about dinner dishes that are special to them and how we can make it at home so for someone who's more of a meat eater but wants to try cooking a satisfying vegetarian dinner what is a good introductory dish
1: oh man there's so many i would say risotto is always impressive And filling. And you don't really have to know any good cooking skills. You just have to be patient. Right. And it can take on many variations, you know. My favorite is with, like, a mix of mushrooms, um, the nice, the right kind of wine, lots of cheese. And some people frown on this, but some truffle oil goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been making that for a long time, and depending on the seasons, I'll change up the vegetable that goes into that as well. And that with a nice salad is really, really filling. And that's the nice thing about classics, you know, like you can just change it slightly and it's still really good.
0: Right, and people are familiar with risotto anyways. I mean, there's no need to sort of add a side of steak with the risotto or, exactly. or, or anything like that. It's I mean,
1: definitely overdoing it.
0: <laughs> right, risotto is pretty much a meal in and of itself.
1: <laughs> it's one of my favorite things to cook if I need to think about something, you know.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Just stand over the stove for like an hour staring.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a calming sort of zen-like state.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, is, is this risotto recipe on your website?
1: Oh, no. No? I <laughs> I don't know. I guess I wouldn't ever write about making risotto. Okay. Although I am working on a vegetarian version of risotto nero. So there's risotto that's made with squid ink, and I think it would be pretty interesting to do, like, a black risotto but using vegetables. Nice. So I was thinking of you saying, like, and um, the fermented black garlic, which has like a very strong pungent flavor. Yes. Some black rice and some black king trumpet mushrooms or black trumpet mushrooms, I think they're called. Wow. So that's the other thing about learning about the ingredients, I guess, because if you master risotto making, you can sort of like alter a few things here and there and make it extremely unique and special without having to do much.
0: Oh, for sure. <laughs> Now, is there a dish that you have featured on your website that would be easy for somebody who's not sort of familiar with vegetarian cooking? Easy. Well, easy to consume, I guess, or easy to sort of wrap their heads around.
1: Let's see what else If I made. I did a pumpkin spatzel last year.
0: Yeah, that looked really good.
1: Yeah. The only thing I would say is like if you have a food mill, it makes it a lot easier. And you just make the batter and put it through the food mill, and then afterwards you can do all sorts of stuff to it. But Spätzle is the easier cousin of gnocchi, I like to think.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a good sort of comparison.
1: (laughs) So you can cook it up, and I think a lot of people use a sauce on it, but there's a restaurant in town that I go to, and it's a German place, and they fry it up with cheese and mushrooms and Brussels sprouts or sometimes pea shoots, and it's amazing. Right. So I made a pumpkin spetzel version on my blog with um, chanterelle mushrooms that are cooked in sherry. Mm. That one everyone loves. So just go out and make it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I mean, spetzel is definitely something that, you know, I think a lot of people haven't really tried, especially in North America. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely something that's relatively simple. Like, I mean, they're just basically, I guess, sort of like finger dumplings, kind of.
1: Yeah, it's a dumpling, and if you go on YouTube, there are these videos of um, people who are really skilled at making the spatzel, and I think they just, like, cut it into the pot from their cutting board, even. Oh, wow. It's really an art form sometimes. (laughs) I'm lazy, so I use my food mill, and it just makes perfect spatzels, so.
0: Awesome. Well, if you were to invite three famous people over for your spatzel, Uh who would they be?
1: (laughs) This is really hard because I can't keep up with pop culture. So let's see.
0: It could be person that's been passed away, or yeah, you know, it could be anybody.
1: Um, as far as pop culture, I think I like writers. Yeah. But then I tend to read mostly from dead people. So
0: <laughs> that's fine.
1: <laughs> so I've been reading a lot of Proust. Okay. So I would probably get him to come because I have some questions. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: <laughs> Just a few. <laughs>
1: Just a few. I've been reading some of his stuff. And then Marquez is another writer that I love who only recently passed away. So I'll probably invite Michael Pollan over just because he's a local celebrity of food of sorts. Cool. And I think he has a new book out that I'm supposed to look at. So we'll see. Wow.
0: Okay, great.
1: I have some questions for him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, let's say you were to do dinner and a movie with the spatzel. Mm-hmm. What movie would pair well with this dish?
1: Oh, man. Hitting all the questions. Um, so, I don't actually watch TV or movies right Okay. <laughs> so, I have no idea. Is there, like, a German film I should know about? I don't know. I don't, There's, like, this German documentary filmmaker that I like. And I'm terrible with names. He makes, doc- like, these beautiful films. Oh, Herzog.
0: Okay. Werner Ver- 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 Herzog?
1: Yeah, he has some really beautiful films the wall blue yonder it's really pretty yeah it's like under the ocean but it looks extraterrestrial
0: oh wow is this a newer film or is it um
1: it says 2005 oh, okay but yeah i mostly just watch cartoons
0: <laughs> what, what cartoon would you watch if you uh...
1: i don't know i just like <laughs> watching wally and silly stuff like that yeah. Up and Wally were my two favorite Pixar. Cool. Um. Well
0: I mean I think I think Wally and Up pretty much go well with any dish.
1: I know, it's so adorable. <laughs> Anyways.
0: Okay. Well, I love to cook, and it's clear that you do as well. But for people where cooking is more of a chore. Yeah. How can we make it more fun?
1: I think you should do it with someone who loves to cook.
0: Hmm. Good idea. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the, that's the first time I've heard an answer like that. It's simple, but it's you know a good idea, right?
1: Yeah, I like cooking with other people. And um, the other day I was hosting an event and I've never had so many people watch me make scones before. <laughs> 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 it was like reality television, but in real life.
0: Was it intimidating?
1: It was intimidating, but at some point you have to like talk about what you're doing as you're doing it. And that's something that I'm not used to. Right. And um, it's fascinating. I think if you cook with somebody who likes to share their food and also their skills, I think it'll make it a lot more fun.
0: Yeah. And it's always good when someone can sort of guide you and sort of lead you the way and and sort of teach you something, too.
1: Yeah. And, you know, if it gets bored, then you have someone else to share pizza with when you have to order out. (laughs)
0: Exactly. Well, I was talking to a a chef once, and he was saying that, uh, you know, you don't have to worry if you mess up, because at the end of the day, you're going to end up just eating it, and there's going to be no evidence of your mess up. Yeah. (laughs) And no one's ever going to know, so it doesn't really matter.
1: Yeah, and I've messed up, like, spectacularly before, just doing stupid stuff. But other times, I've done stuff like servings. Once I was having this dinner, and I had made a pomegranate salad dressing, but I also made some sort of, like, red-fruited syrup. And so they both look quite similar. And so I go to make the salad, and I just grab one of the jars, and then I sent it out. And then I didn't, like, think about it until a little bit later, but then I realized that I served a salad with a syrup. (laughs) 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 Nobody said a single thing, which was... I mean, you know, like, that's the other thing. If you have a performance, whether it's food or music, and you mess up, just... Keep
0: on rolling. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And people will just think that that's how it's supposed to be. (laughs) That's
1: how it's supposed to be. Terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Syrup with
0: salad. (laughs) Well, I call the next part of the dinner special podcast The Pressure Cooker. I'm going to ask you seven fast and fun questions that listeners want to know your answers to. Are you up for it? I
1: guess.
0: (laughs) Okay. So just give me the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Okay. I guess you kind of answered this one already. Number one, which food shows or cooking shows do you watch?
1: I don't anymore, but used to watch a lot of Alton Brown.
0: Okay. Number two, what are some food blogs or websites we have to know about?
1: As many as you can, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I like tasting table though. It's it gets pretty ridiculous over there, so you gotta pay attention.
0: Okay, cool. Number three, who do you follow on Pinterest, Instagram, or Twitter that make you happy?
1: Um I haven't been on them for a while. This sounds terrible. <laughs> I follow a bunch of people on them, like hundreds, like thousands. I love them both. Yeah. You should just go and lose yourself. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, I mean, why don't we just go to your Pinterest and your Instagram and we'll check out who you're, you're following.
1: Yeah. You should definitely do that. I follow some amazing and talented and funny people. There are too many and they're all great.
0: Cool. Number four. What is something all home cooks should have in their pantry?
1: Oh... Spices, you mean? Yeah, sure. Um, I love smoked paprika recently. Mm. That's something that I've been using a lot and it's really versatile and it just like adds a little bit of flavor to everything.
0: Yeah, and I guess the color sort of brightens everything up a bit. Yeah, It's
1: beautiful. Yeah. Okay,
0: number five. Name one ingredient you cannot live without. Butter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Number six, what are a few cookbooks that, have, that make your life better?
1: I have this vegetarian Japanese paperback book that I don't even think is in print anymore. Oh. The Splendid Grain is a wonderful cookbook. Memressa from last year mm-hmm. was great. I'm still learning so much from that. I don't necessarily use all of the weirder ingredients that he uses, but there's some really good information in there and beautiful photos. He also talks about menu writing and things like that and that's very useful. And then Dennis Cotter, I believe. He's a vegetarian chef in Ireland. Okay. And if you're new to vegetarian, that's not where you should go, but like maybe a year or two down the road when you want to like make a special dinner for someone who eats meat, I would say pick up one of his books and just go to town. It might take you hours and hours to execute something, but it's totally <laughs> worth it. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, and Wait. it's all vegetarian, so you don't have to like change anything. Just okay. do it.
0: <laughs> Speaking of vegetarian, what's a good sort of vegetarian cookbooks for beginners?
1: Oh, I think I would just advise them to maybe visit 101 Cookbooks. Not necessarily her cookbooks, but her blog. A lot of people like the salads and things from there. I don't cook from her blog much, Mm -hmm. but I go to it for inspiration a lot because she talks about ingredients, and she also has, like, a great collection of cookbooks that she lists on the site that are really good. And it's simple, you know, it's not complicated, and all the recipes are um, fairly nutritious, uh, which is unlike how I eat. Sometimes (laughs) I'll do, like, a sack of deep fried onion rings nice that is not <laughs> that's not a healthy vegetarian diet it is vegetarian
0: <laughs> yes and it does sort of bring comfort
1: oh there's so much comfort <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay and finally number seven what song or album just makes you want to cook
1: oh I love cooking to music so it depends on my mood but there is a song by the beach boys called vegetables that's really cute okay
0: okay <laughs> <laughs> Very fitting.
1: Well, it's something that you should look up if you want to cook vegetables all the time.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Well, congratulations, Fee. You have officially survived the pressure cooker. Barely. (laughs) (laughs) No, you totally passed. Like, totally. (laughs) Now, I have one final scenario to pose. I'm always curious about what people would have for their last meal. Mm -hmm. Now, if the world was coming to an end and you were to have one final meal, what would it be? Who would make it? Where would it take place? And who would be performing?
1: Performing. Yeah. Oh, like music wise?
0: Or anything. I mean depends if you've like theater or you know, you could have a live show of Wally going on or <laughs>
1: <laughs> This isn't fair because I feel like so many people have to answer these types of last meal questions. Yeah. And then we never get what we ask for, which is <laughs> like really depressing. <laughs> I think a lot of it has to do with the moment that you're in. Yeah. And it really depends on who's willing to cook for you, you know? Like, maybe you have a special someone and then they're bringing you food and that can make you really depressed. Or maybe you just get David Kinch to come over and whip like <laughs> out 19 courses in small plates. <laughs> right, right, right. And then you just let him take control of the kitchen. I mean, for me, having an amazing cook make his or her favorite or best dishes is so much better than requesting something. So that's always nice. So maybe one minute I want his food and the other time it's going to be something for someone I love, you know?
0: Right, right. Would you ever consider making your own dish for your world-ending last meal?
1: I don't know. It really depends on how the world is ending. I mean... (laughs) If it's a zombie apocalypse, it's going to be very different from like, if I have stomach cancer, you know, like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm a little too practical for this question. probably.
0: <laughs> okay, well, performing anybody?
1: Oh, man, that's hard. I like phosphorescent a lot. Although that might make me really, really sad, <laughs> especially if I'm already dying. Yeah.
0: Well, you're not. You're not dying. The world is coming to an end. So everybody is sort of. We're in this together.
1: Oh, we're in this together. Yeah, might as well play something sad. Have kind a of good <laughs> cry out.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and where would this sadness take place?
1: Oh, I hope it's in a forest. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully the forest is not like burnt to the cinder and it's still nice. <laughs> that would be really pleasant. If the forest is already gone, then I'll be at sea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, that sounds like a very sad
1: The world is ending, you just told me. <laughs> <It's>
0: depressing. <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I was hoping for maybe like an uplifting end to the world, but you know, this works too <laughs> and and is definitely, you know something that is worthy of the end of the world Mm fee thank you so much for joining me here on the dinner special podcast now you're all over social media what's the best way for us to keep posted on what you're up to
1: um facebook instagram i don't know i do a lot of cross posting yeah so if you're following on twitter sometimes i rant a lot (laughs) and i'll most likely say inappropriate things or post songs
0: so is that the best time to sort of catch you on twitter
1: someone called it bottlenecking yeah so it's like me being less artistic and just spurting out internet things and but on instagram and facebook i'm slightly more professional <laughs> and i try to keep it to the pictures and the food
0: <laughs> well and there's always the website as well right PrincessTofu.com. yes awesome well thank you again Fee, for your time i really do appreciate it
1: thanks Gabrielle.
0: Thank you so much for listening. Head over to thedinnerspecial.com for recipes, highlights from every show, super blog articles, and all the wonderful ways to keep in touch on social media. Your culinary journey awaits, so let's get cooking.